from New Orleans, Louisiana, just just this close, just spitting distance from Lake Pontchartrain. Don't spit in Lake Pontchartrain. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. It would uh, reduce the uh, salinity of the water if you do that. Speaking of the New Orleans area, Louisiana, you remember the big spill, the big by BP? Not a British oil company. Not a... It's more Americans than any... Anyway, a new study by NASA. Suddenly we're outer space. Suddenly the Gulf of Mexico is outer space. What, NASA? Yes. And the U.S. Geological Survey has found widespread shoreline loss along parts of Louisiana's coast that were heavily oiled after the Deepwater Horizon. They compared the spill... Sorry, the erosion from the spill with uh, coastal changes caused by a hurricane in 2012, Hurricane Isaac. A pattern of dramatic widespread shoreline loss along the coast caused by the oil spill has been revealed by the study. Researchers used NASA's mapping, I guess they do it by satellite, or just Ubers with cameras, to analyze shoreline loss across most of Upper Barataria Bay, that's on the western side of the Mississippi River Delta. Study looked at shoreline imagery taken a year before the spill, and then images taken during a 2.5-year span after the spill. Scientists also compared shoreline losses from storm-induced erosion with losses linked to oiling. The team found that although storm-induced erosion did occur at isolated shoreline sections, the pre-spill shoreline from 2009 to 2010 was largely stable, but in the first year after the from 2010 to 2011, the erosion pattern changed dramatically, with widespread erosion occurring throughout the bay. It's all fixed now. The fishing's great. The tourism is great. Yeah, I remember those commercials. The erosion rates were highest along shorelines documented with heavy to moderate oiling and were lower along shorelines that experienced low oiling, like it's correlated or something. In the second post-spill year, 2011-12, the higher loss rates extended to areas that experienced less oiling. Funny. Interesting. Funny. Some of the shorelines studied received treatment to reverse or stop environmental damage from the spill. There was no measurable difference in their erosion compared to non-treated shorelines. So, once it's done, once it's oiled, can't oil, unoil it, apparently can't uh, unoil a bell. The wetland impacts of the spill documented by the team included both shoreline erosion and wetland fragmentation. That's a process where small islands are broken into even smaller islands. Little cute little island. Land lost in fragmented areas is unlikely to be reestablished because there are no new sediments flowing in to replenish what's lost to erosion. Thanks to the levying of the Mississippi River and the thing and the thing and the thing. This creates a higher possibility that natural coastal defenses against flooding will be reduced because, as several experts have pointed out on this radio show, in a documentary film I made elsewhere, um, wetlands act as a natural buffer against both the wind and storm surge velocity of a hurricane approaching New Orleans. That's our, that's our safety zone here. I don't know about, I don't know what's your safety zone. That was ours. I, I speak of it in the past tense because we've had this spill. But, you know, I think uh, the main thing is that Tony Hayward did get his life back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the warm, won't you? He ran BP, just for those of you who forgot. 
I don't assume you forgot, just, just in case. A growing body of evidence suggests that the power plants, buildings, cars, trucks, ships, and planes in use today are likely to emit enough carbon dioxide over their lifetime for the world to miss the two-degree centigrade target that has been agreed upon by the nations of the world in Paris at the last climate change conference. Coal plants alone could blow the so-called carbon budget